This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. so good to be in the house of God. Thank you for coming on the first Sunday of the month to Oasis City. Well, first Sunday of the year, 2019 is here, like it or not. Um, and I'm excited to worship with you today. I'm excited to share the word of the Lord with you. But uh, before that, I'd like to make a great confession over the scripture today. So would you grab your Bibles? Um, if you didn't bring a physical Bible, maybe you can do that this year. You could start bringing a physical Bible to church. That would be awesome. Uh, but you can also bring your, your phone or your tablet, because I know the scripture is right there, and we do use many different translations, so it's easy for you that way. But uh, grab your Bible, whatever it is, electronic or paper, and just hold it up and just say this after me. Say, this is my Bible, and I really love it. These are living words. These are more than words in print. These are God's words, and I'll never be the same. In fact, today... My life is being changed because of God's word. Yeah, amen. I love the scripture, um, and I love what God has to say about his church and, and learning from it. Um, this is the first Sunday of the year. 2019 is upon us. Ready or not, uh, here it comes. And, you know, 2018 was a year for us. Uh, we talked about it last week in Vision Sunday. How many of you enjoyed or appreciated the fact that we we presented the vision for the year? If you don't have those details, there's some paper versions of the vision uh, at guest services and also on the church app under the info button. You can get that document. It's a two-page document. It just talks about uh, where we've been as a church and where we're going as a church. So don't do it now while I'm preaching, but you can do it uh, when you get home if you missed last week. But but last week, last year, 2018, was, was a year uh, of crossing over. That's what we talked about. It was a year of, of, of the whole church being able to cross over um, into a land of promise. And also, it was a year where the Lord gave us a scripture that, uh, where David, in, in 1 Samuel in chapter 30, where it was time for him to hear from the Lord on what to do. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you shall pursue, overtake, and without fail, recover all. And it was a word for David and his men in their battle because they were in a place of distress and didn't know what to do. And we felt like 2018 was a year for us as a church to be able to cross over, to pursue, overtake, and recover items that the enemy had stolen from our lives. But it doesn't just end there. It wasn't like when midnight struck on December 31st, God said, okay, no more crossing over. 
Okay, no more overtaking. You know, if you didn't get it, you're never going to get it. No, it's progressive. It's always that time. And some of us are still uh, recovering all. Some of it may take place in March this year because of prayers and stuff that you, that you prayed last year in October. It might not have happened in the moment that you prayed for it, but it's happening because you reap what you sow. And so as you sowed prayers and scripture um, in, in pursuit of that, you reap it later. You always reap more than you sow. You always reap later than you sow. And you always reap what you sow. That's the law of the harvest. And so we've sowed a lot uh, in 2018. And so we're still receiving those things. And so the year of 2019 is going to, is 19 is just kind of on top of 18. It's the idea of what we talked about, grace upon grace. Um, it's God's building upon it. He didn't do away with pursue, overtake, and recover all. He's building upon it. And I want to I say something prophetically, apostolically over our church today um, because I'm making a, a statement that 2019 is going to be a year of favor and a year of union. 2019 is a year of favor and union. Would you just say that with me? Ready? 2019 is a year of favor and union. And it's going to be built on top of crossing over. And I'm going to talk about that today, favor and union. You're like, well, Pastor Bill, that's, those are you, kind of a unique word. Well, you'll see um, why in just a moment. Uh, I want to teach out of the book of Zechariah today a very unique scripture um, it's actually a scripture that I've never preached upon before. It's pretty cool. Uh, and read it, studied it, learned about it, but never actually preached upon it before. And um, in prayer uh, over the new year, um, the Lord spoke to me this week and told me this. And so I had to go through the scripture and, and find it. And it's a fascinating portion of scripture. Um, in the book of Zechariah. We're going to get there in, in just a moment. It's in chapter 11. Um, and it's, it's really unique because uh, Zechariah was a prophet, of course. And so that means that what he is saying was for the time, uh, but it's also for the future. So in other words, it was for the people hearing him at that moment to experience something from God, but it was also a prophetic statement for the future. Um, and so just a moment ago, I I was quoting a prophet, Isaiah, when we were, I was exhorting in the moment of worship where I was saying, uh, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, his name will be called, remember I was shouting it out, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, um, and just going, God, everlasting father. And so that was a prophetic statement for people today. Wasn't just for people when Jesus was born. You need a wonderful counselor today, right? So the prophecy from Isaiah was for the people then to know a Messiah was coming. So it was for them to hold on to if they were alive then. It was for the people in Jesus' day when he was born. And it's for us even 2,000 years later that we can hold on to a wonderful counselor, Almighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. And so the prophet Zechariah, his words have the same type of power where they were a statement for then and a statement for today. And it was interesting um, in chapter 11, I'm going to read it in a moment, but if you have a Bible that was uh, printed in the uh, 1900s, um, you would have some subtitles. And there's a subtitle on this particular portion of scripture that says, The Good and Evil Shepherd. It's a very interesting passage 
And I just want to explain it because I'm not going to exegesically break it all down. Uh, and, and a lot of theologians have written on this passage for a while. But, but the good and evil shepherd, what God did was he caused the prophet to become a good shepherd for people to recognize what a good shepherd is like. Then he caused the prophet to be a bad shepherd so that the people could see what a bad shepherd was like. And it was for them at that moment, but it's also for us today. Take a look with me in Zechariah chapter 11, verse 4. This is what the Lord my God says. Go and care for the flock that is intended for slaughter. The buyers slaughter their sheep without remorse. The sellers say, praise the Lord. Now I'm rich. Even the shepherds have no compassion for them. Likewise, I will no longer have pity on the people of the land, says the Lord. I will let them fall into each other's hands and into the hands of their king. They will turn to the land into a wilderness, and I will not rescue them. Now, just before I read the next scripture, that's not a very good promise. Not a very good truth if you were living at the time. Because the Lord is saying, I'm speaking to the sheep intended for slaughter. Shepherds of a whole flock would take their staff, their rod, and they would, they would separate sheep. These ones were for slaughter. And, I know, and these ones were for keep. And pretty soon, a few of these ones would be for slaughter. And these ones, and they would make babies and have more. And so I can imagine what the sheep are saying. I'm staying on this side. You know, hiding in the crowd. It's like in class when you don't want the teacher to call on you. You know, heads down, you're in the back of the room. You, you want to be over here because you don't want to be separated for slaughter. And, and the Lord says to tell the people that were separated for slaughter that, that actually... I'm done with you. I have no pity on you anymore. You have rejected me. It was a word for Israel at the time. They, they had rejected the Lord. And the Romans were coming in. And God's warning them. But it was also a word for the Jews in Jesus' day because they were going to reject Jesus. So this word is spoken 500 years before Christ. And it's a word even for us today of those who, who reject the Lord. There's, there's no hope in that. But take a look at the picture of the good shepherd. So right here, the scripture ends in verse 6 in a pretty bad way. They will turn into their land of wilderness. I will not rescue them. Verse 7. So I cared for the flock intended for slaughter. The flock that was oppressed. Then I took two shepherd staffs and named one favor and the other union. I got rid of their three evil shepherds in a single month. Then I took two shepherd staffs and I named one favor and I named one union. The good shepherd. Just after this portion... God calls Zechariah to act like an evil shepherd and forsake the people and, and, and actually sell, sell the sheep and, and make money and then take that money and give it to the, to the temple. So it's just a really interesting passage of Scripture to wrestle with, but it's a prophetic picture of who Jesus is. 
And I want to tell you that this year is a year of favor and union upon Oasis City Church. It's a year of favor and union upon the body of Christ. And I'm speaking to this local body, um, but I'm sure anybody watching online could get in on this promise as well because the Lord is causing us to be under the influence of two staffs, favor and union. And, and, and the history of this is pretty crazy because he's prophetically speaking of the Roman Empire that's actually coming down and, and they're coming from the north. And if you go on with the passages, you can see it outlined. God's specifically saying where they're coming from and Israel's going to go under oppression. It's very interesting, the history of it. It's the exact same path that Alexander the Great used um, hundreds of years prior to conquer Israel. And for 200 years... Israel was just being conquered, it just seemed time after time. And the, the very interesting historical fact is the same path that, that uh, Alexander the Great used is the path that these other generals used up until the Romans who finally did it and Israel went into slavery yet again. It's very interesting. As a matter of fact, there's still a, uh, there's a, a, st- there's a stone pillar on this path called the, the Great Rift, this, this pathway. And general after general would carve their name into the stone on the way. And, and it said that to this very day, you can still read a couple of the names. It's in Greek. You can still read a couple of the names of generals who came and, and, and took Israel because Israel was separated to slaughter because they were rejecting the Lord and ultimately rejecting the Messiah. But the prophetic picture of the Messiah is that he provides favor and he provides union. And it's a powerful thing when they are combined together. As a matter of fact, the word favor also means grace. And the word union means unity. It's also translated beauty. Because how beautiful it is when brothers and sisters come together in union. How beautiful the feet are those who go and preach good news. And it, it's, it's really interesting. Let's just, talk about, let's just talk about favor for a second. Uh, favor is better than money. If you're not sure of it, receive favor this year. And by the end of, the, of 2019, you'll say, Pastor, you're right. Favor is better than money. Actually, just say that, would you? When you have favor, you can go places, and when you get there, you can do things. Favor is better than money. Sometimes your money can't buy you the upgrade because it's not available. But favor says, oh, uh, sir, um, I see, uh, are, are you, would you mind sitting in first class today? We have a seat available for you. Favor says, oh, save your $3,000, just go ahead and upgrade Favor is when your boss comes to you and says, you know what, we had some extra money in the account for some bonuses, and we chose to give it to you. You didn't earn it. As a matter of fact, that's why favor is also translated grace, because there's a grace upon you that you can't earn. What does it look like when a local church operates in favor? What does it look like? not just for our organization, but you individually. What does it look like when the business deal you've been trying to negotiate for years going after, finally, your antagonist across the desk says to you, you know what, I'm ready to sign it over. Money can't buy that. Favor buys that. 
Favor, the favor of the Lord is like a shield. And wherever you go, it's like this, it's amazing because it protects you, but it also attracts things that you can't otherwise get. You can't talk somebody into. I like to walk in favor. I don't always walk in favor. As a matter of fact, a lot of times I recognize when I'm not walking in favor. (laughs) There's a lot of pain involved in walking in favor. And, And then there's this thing called union. Unity. God is about union. The enemy is about separation. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. So the opposite of a a church, let me just talk to us together. The opposite of, of union in us is when we start backbiting, when we start pointing the finger, when we start accusing, and, and because the enemy's the accuser, then you actually side with what the enemy's thoughts are instead of God's thoughts. That unity is when I'm not recognized for this, and so then I want to go do that, and I'm striving for this and striving for attention, and, and, and I'm just it's never ending cycle that's disunity. But the staff of union carries an incredible blessing when we're all going in the same direction. When we're all going to the same place and we're saying, I might not have the strength on my own to get there, but union says, could you link arms with me because I'm feeling a little weak right now. Union is saying, it's not enough for me to cross over. We have to all cross over. Union says you will pursue, overtake, and recover all. There's a word all there that implies unity in it. That it's not enough for half of the church to get it. We all have to get it. It's not enough at the at, at, at Ohio Stadium when the Buckeyes are winning or scoring touchdowns for only one-third of the audience to stand up and cheer. As a matter of fact, they would look around and think, what is wrong with all these other people? And then if the, if the, the away team cheered, two-thirds of the same would stand up and cheer. That would look really odd. Why would you be rooting against the other team? See, there wouldn't be unity. It doesn't even happen in the natural. Everybody in the stadium is cheering. But in the church, how come you got that blessing? I've been wanting that blessing. You know what? To some people, they just... Favor and union. I mean, like, it'd be different if it was just a year of favor or a year of union. But what about this double portion blessing? So, so here's what union is talking about as well. In this passage of scripture, union also refers to Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 13. It's the passage of scripture where God is dealing out property to the tribe, the 12 tribes. God's giving out their promise, their inheritance. And in verse 13, there's a very unique scripture. It says, and to Joseph shall be the double portion. And theologians describe this scripture in Zechariah matching with the scripture in Ezekiel saying that the union is a double portion blessing. I don't think you heard that. We, Oasis City Church, have an opportunity this year 
under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to actually walk in and receive a double portion blessing if we're together in unity. A double portion. I mean, it's fascinating. And it's by the Spirit of God. It's kind of like this. Have you ever, who likes to shop? Who likes to shop? Have you ever seen the buy one, get one offer? The BOGO. It's kind of like this, church. God says, okay, Oasis City Church, here's what I've got for you. I've got the BOGO line right here. Anything you want in the kingdom is buy one, get one. And over here is the single line. It's just the buy one. What line do you want to be in? The BOGO line. And it's, it's kind of... It's, it's kind of not a good, it's like when you, when you have friends and family, you want them to participate in the same blessing. So when half of the church is over here, just de- getting their praise on and getting their double portion favor and union and hallelujah, and the other church is over here, these people are like, aw, aw, come on over. No, I don't think that offer is any good anymore. Yeah, it's really good right now. No, I think it expired. As a matter of fact, I think it expired, you know, in 18. It's not for 19. No, the sale's still good. God's still honoring it. It's a 500-year word, and God's still honoring it. It hasn't expired. It's still good. The coupon says no expiration. But, but, but God, you know, it doesn't work that way, Pastor, because, you know, we have to really gruel and strive and really try really hard. And we have to just do, you know, we have to just really, really serve the Lord and pick up our cross and follow Jesus and pay the price. And then we finally get our reward. And everybody over here is like, it's free. It's a double portion offering. It's so glorious. It's joyful. And you don't even have to try anymore. No, no, it doesn't work that way because I grew up in church. And I really messed up every week. And I had to get saved every week and ask Jesus to forgive me. No, there's grace and favor and buy one, get one over here. And you can just come on over. It's a whole new year and it doesn't expire. Oh, no, it's not for me. You know, it's just for those Pentecostals. And they don't even know the Bible because we know the Bible better. You can choose to be over here. And trust me, you're still going to go to heaven. But what if Oasis City Church in 2019 said, you know what? The ceiling is off. There's a double portion available for me. I may have gone through heartache and despair, but I've got decades of joy. Psalm 90 tells me that. I've got decades of peace. I can walk in liberty. I can worship Jesus. And I know that I still have to go through life, but I can be here and be set free. I can finally have joy. I can finally have peace. I can finally have favor. I can finally walk in the promise of God. I've been praying for years, but you know what? I don't have to strive for it anymore. God's passing out. Buy one, get one. And that is a double portion blessing for 2019. And I'm telling you prophetically, I don't have to understand the whole thing. I'm not just trying to be up here and be Richard Simmons. Is he still alive? Get him saved, Lord. I'm excited because I know I heard from God. 
And as much as I don't have to understand it, that's great because I don't have to carry the weight of understanding your blessing. But I can help you and I can show you and I don't even have to understand it myself because I know that God has the ability in a moment he can change everything. About 20 years ago, maybe, Lynn and I were newlyweds, 22 years so far, so 20, about 20 years into it, we, were, we found ourselves on two sides of an issue. I was on one side and Lynn was on the other. We really should have got that solved in premarital counseling, but I'm a big believer in premarital counseling. And Although we had it, obviously, on one issue, it didn't work. And it, it was about parenting. The subject matter was about parenting. And we found ourselves on two sides of an issue. And our hearts were grieving over one another because we exhausted being able to convince one another that our side was the right way. Have you ever been there? We loved each other. We were in covenant. We were married. We were madly in love. But we were at an impasse. We weren't in union. We were in covenant, but we weren't in union. I wanted one thing, Lynn wanted another. I tried my best to convince her that my way was going to be the best way for our family. And Lynn tried the best way to convince me that her way was going to be the best way for our family. We were at an impasse, and I'll never forget, never forget to this day. In our home, I remember we paid $42,500 for the house. In our master bedroom, the word master probably didn't, didn't belong in describing that bedroom. In our queen-size bed. I remember this almost magical moment where we both woke up at the same time. We both were lying on our backs and it, it was like this crazy thing. We both looked at each other at the same time. And when we did, it was just like this sparkle in the room. And I said what she wanted me to say. And she said what I wanted her to say. We did it exactly the same time. An argument would have never solved it. As a matter of fact, it hadn't. But because of the power of union, our family is what it is. Because of the power of union, our church is what it is. Our lives is what it is. We're walking in the fruit of a union moment. That would have probably never come in fighting and battling and getting energy and trying to convince somebody and building a case against one another. It happened in the Holy Spirit. And that's why I'm saying to this church today and to everyone watching online today, that's why I'm saying this message, whether you hear it again in a year from now or you hear it again six months from now, I'm saying there's something powerful in this togetherness, in this unity, and in this double portion blessing when we walk in favor and we walk in union. And I want to see it for every person in this church. I want to see us walk in promise. Step into things that we've been wrestling with for years. 
I want to see you operate in the favor of God that goes beyond your paycheck. It goes beyond your education. It goes beyond what certificate you have mounted on the wall. It goes beyond your means and your ability. The favor of God. The blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow. 2019. A year of favor and a year of union. A year of the double portion. So how are we going to get there? Because it's one thing to just shout about it, talk about it. But how are we going to get there? Well, we're going to do what we've done every year and what we call our times of refreshing, which is a season of fasting and prayer. And if you didn't know it, it starts today. Actually, it starts at 6 o'clock tonight. And since our existence, we've always started the year in fasting and prayer. We've done everything from 21 days to 40 days. And everybody can rejoice that this year is 21 days. Last year was 40. So some of you new people are getting in on, you're reaping what those 40-day people sowed. So thank them after church. Say, were you one of the 40 days? I was one of them, yeah. The unique thing we're doing this year is every week is going to be a different theme in our fast. And so we've not done it that way before, and I'm excited to do it uh, this way this year. And so you're going to hear more about it in these 21 days, but we want to let you know that it starts tonight at 6 p.m. And the reason we're starting tonight instead of in the morning is because we're starting with a night of worship, uh, which is going to be awesome. So if you want more of what you experienced today, come tonight at 6 o'clock. We have our prophetic teams here. Anybody who wants to get a word from the Lord can get a word from the Lord tonight. Uh, We have our healing teams here. If you know somebody who is ill, if you are ill, we have uh, three different rooms and and a team, our our healing team um, are going to be here and we're going to provide extended prayer and such for healing. So we're going to stick with you in this. It's not just a a bless you, see you later. Uh, We have our healing teams ready. And so it's just going to be an awesome night. It's going to be a free flow of the Spirit of God, but we we invite you to do that. But it's starting. And so if if you... if you didn't fast today, that's fine. Go have a burger for lunch, but start the fast tonight. Here's what this week looks like. I'm going to go through this quickly. This is a food week. I, I love the fact that everyone's excited about fasting. This is a food week, and the word fast really only, the origin of fast only has to do with food. Um, now, in our modern day, uh, because of all these things that exist now that didn't exist then, we are going to fast other things next week. Uh, Sunday, we'll start a new theme that week, and the next Sunday, we'll start another theme. You'll hear more about it. It's available on our website. It's available um, uh, on our announcements and such. Um, but what we want to see happen is this week, today, start with food. We ask that you would, everybody would fast something. If you've never fasted before, uh, awesome. Uh, you can participate in this. Uh, the easiest thing to do to start is a, what we call a Daniel fast. And that is, um, you can just look that up. We, we have a lot of information on our website about it, but you could just look it up. It's simple. And basically, if I was just going to say it quickly, it basically means a vegan diet. A vegan diet without any strong drink. So that's not just alcohol. That's like caffeine and this kind of deal. You can go uh, with a Daniel fast this week. You can also just fast. You can do a juice fast or do a, you, trust me, you're not going to die. Fasting is not a diet. Um, if you're doing it for a diet, you're not going to get the same results. Um, you could do a water fast, a juice fast. You could also just fast one meal a day or two meals a day or three meals a day. Um, so, so we want everybody to participate in this, this week fasting. And so 
um, I want to teach on this for just a moment uh, to encourage us all because this is going to get us into a position of receiving the favor and the union. And when we all fast, we automatically walk in union under that staff. And so let's just, um, my favorite quote is going to be on the screen in a second. My favorite quote about fasting is three words uh, by, the, by the infamous, uh, or well, famous, uh, Derek Prince, who is a just tremendous man of God, preacher, um, author. And he said it this way. He said, fasting intensifies prayer. Fasting intensifies prayer. And if you get nothing else this month, recognize that statement because your prayer life is going to be intensified through fasting. They go hand in hand. If you want resources on fasting, his resources, I, I, I think a lot of his stuff is downloadable for free even, but he's got one, some of the best books on fasting. Um, just recognize this. Fasting doesn't change God. Fasting changes me. Fasting doesn't change God. Fasting changes me. Even in the new covenant, you fast. Uh, It's not just an old covenant thing, but the reason for fasting is different in the new covenant. Jesus said when you fast, not if you fast. The apostle uh, Paul fasted. Uh, The apostles fasted and prayed before they set Paul and Barnabas um, out to their mission field. There was this element of fasting and praying, but we're not changing God's heart. We're not trying to change God's mind. We're actually changing us to receive from the Lord. Fasting in this season is going to help you receive from the favor of the Lord and understand it. Fasting is going to help you receive and understand unity better than than you understand it today. Fasting is going to prepare you. There is no substitute for fasting. There's no other substitute for fasting. There's like substitutes for worship. You can worship God with or without music. Okay, that's kind of a substitute. You can sing your own song. You don't have to have a keyboard with you. There's a substitute. You could have three guitars doing bluegrass. Or you could have uh, three pianos doing gospel. Uh, There's substitutes for worship styles, but there is no substitute for fasting. Fasting is what it is, and you can't, you're not going to get by not fasting what you get by fasting. It's just the principle. And you can't argue God with it. So I just want to read... this passage of scripture to encourage you about even Jesus fast and what it did for him. You know that Jesus started his ministry and he started his ministry with a 40 day fast. You've heard the scripture before, but look in Luke chapter four in verse one, it says it this way. Jesus full of the Holy spirit returned from the Jordan and was led around by the spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. This is a supernatural fast. We're not asking you to go on a 40-day fast with no food. You can if you want, but but he became hungry. But recognize this. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. What was he? Jesus was already full of the Holy Spirit. Fasting didn't change that. You and I, born-again people, are already filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not asking for more of God's Spirit. You're already filled with the Spirit of God. But take a look at what happened after Jesus fasted the 40 days. Verse 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the surrounding districts, and he became teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. He was was full before fasting and he was still full after fasting but now he had an element that that wasn't described before and that was power if you want to understand the power of God in your life there's nothing else that substitutes that than fasting 
It's, a, it's an amazing thing. I can't explain it. I can't give you a prescription for it. It's not X, Y, Z equals one, two, three. All I know is the principle is you can be filled, but when you fast, power comes. I don't know what you need power for, but I want as much power as I can get. I hate it when my cell phone goes dead. I'm always looking for power. If you're around me, I got charging stations everywhere. But what if our spiritual life was like that? Jesus also said it this way. He said, as long as the bridegroom is with the people, they don't need to fast. The Pharisees were trying to trick Jesus. They're like, John's disciples fast, yours don't. And he says, as long as I'm with them, they don't need to fast. But come, there will come a day when I'm no longer there, and that day they will fast. Right after that, right after that, he says this statement. You cannot put new wine into an old wineskin, for if you do, it will burst the old wineskin, and they will lose both the wine and the wineskin. Fasting makes you a new wineskin to receive the new thing of God. I want to receive the shepherd rod of blessing, of favor, and unity. And we're going to start together by fasting. We are going to become a new wineskin, church, so that the new wine can be, can be poured into us and we don't lose any of it. What happens when we fast and pray? Power comes. What happens when we fast and pray? A new wineskin is created. What happens when we fast and pray? Our prayers create a new reality. And that reality in 2019 for us is favor and union.